0: What up, world? Welcome in and all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog the My name is RGO Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, August 6th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that just like me, you enjoyed the season premiere of Big Brother. Look, I'm be honest. Let me get on my soapbox for a second. I don't even know if it's in my soapbox. I've never quite understood that expression. But you should watch Big Brother. It's an incredible reality show. It is so addicting. Great television. Kind of trash television. And uh, even though sports are back, it is you know I don't think we're going to be getting a lot of reality television anytime soon. Like there won't be any Survivor uh, and stuff like that. But Big Brother is a lot of fun. And there's even a Cowboys crossover there if you really think about it. A couple of years ago, uh, because the show is filmed in California, they sent. As uh, like a prize. Uh, some of the Big Brother contestants to Cowboys camp in Oxnard, California. But the uh, the Cowboys are obviously training at the Star in Frisco these days. Uh, today, actually, uh, they would not have been in Frisco or Oxnard for that matter. Today was the previously scheduled Pro Football Hall of Fame game. The Dallas Cowboys were set to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers in what would have been the technically first competitive game of football this season for the National Football League that game's obviously been canceled amid all COVID-19 concerns precautions and protocols as has the rest of the preseason the Cowboys first bit of action won't come uh, for five weeks right five weeks and change from now uh, when they kick off on September 13th on the road in Los Angeles against the Rams on Sunday night Football. Very much looking forward to seeing the first Sunday Night Football theme song of uh, of the season. But anyway, so um, you know we know that uh the goal right is for the Cowboys receivers to each have 1000 yards uh that was a big talking point on Wednesday but there were actually some really interesting things to pop up on uh on the old internet on Wednesday let's get into them the first Lewis Riddick who is tabbed to be uh not the voice of Sunday night football but one of the voices on Monday night football this season very excited about this Lewis Riddick had a tweet that um Lewis Riddick has had some pro Carson Wentz tweets that have uh, angered some Cowboys fans. If you don't pay a lot of attention to social media, and that's fine. You know, nobody can knock anybody for liking Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is a really good quarterback. Uh, but this one was—I don't know that this was. A, I didn't take this as a Dak Prescott knock. Some people did. Uh, but here's the tweet: Dallas, and, and again, he's on Twitter at L Riddick ESPN. Dallas had nine potential game-tying or go-ahead fourth-quarter drives across four games against playoff teams last year. All losses. The Cowboys scored just six points on those drives. Two field goals. They had the most such drives without a touchdown of any team last year. Uh, yeah, not great, Bob. That's <laughs> really not good. Um, and honestly... I know this is convenient because you end up in this cycle with people when you have these conversations, where you talk about if you're pro Dak, Dak is really good. Dak is the reason why the Cowboys said this. He's the reason why the Cowboys did that. Well, then how come they lost to good teams? How, show me his record against playoff teams. Well, you know he's got bad coaching. Well, how come you're you're only giving the good credit to Dak and you're giving the bad credit to the coaching staff? Because I I think you know when you look mechanically at what Dak Prescott does, you know all other things irrelevant not that everything's irrelevant but when when you look at the functionality of Dak Prescott as a quarterback his skill set he is very 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 good we can debate how good he is he's top five he's top seven he's top 10 whatever he is one of the best young quarterbacks in the National Football League this statistic if it's an indictment on anybody and it is an indictment by the way this is an indictment on Jason Garrett I want to read this one more time Dallas had nine potential game-tying or go-ahead fourth-quarter drives across four games against playoff teams last year, all losses. The Cowboys scored just six points on those drives, two field goals. They had the most such drives without a touchdown of any team last year this is a Jason Garrett problem. How do we know this? How do we know it's a Jason Garrett problem? How is that fair to uh, put all of that blame on Jason Garrett's shoulders as opposed to Dak's? How can you tell me, RJ, that Dak Prescott is great mechanically, but that he doesn't deserve any bit of blame for what happens when it comes down to crunch time or whatever the case may be? I'm not saying that Dak Prescott is void of any blame. I'm not saying that at all. I I mean, look, Every player deserves blame. Obviously, he's a quarterback, etc. I want to point to an example. And this has been an example that many people have used for a lot of different reasons this particular offseason. Let's rewind to uh, what week was this? Uh, it was in October when the Cowboys, I was mentioning Sunday Night Football earlier, were hosting the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday Night Football, the rare Navy jerseys at home game. Uh, the Cowboys were trailing 28-24. to 24. They got the ball back on their own six-yard line with four minutes and 34 seconds left in the game. Okay? Reset this again. to They're down by four points. Four minutes, 34 seconds left. They have 94 yards to go on their own six-yard line. First play, Dak finds Randall Cobb for 20 yards. Second play, Dak finds Amari Cooper for 10 yards. Third play, incomplete to Michael Gallup. Okay. Fourth play, Dak finds Michael Gallup for 13 yards. Then there was a penalty that was declined. After that, Dak finds Amari Cooper for 20 yards. These first four Well, not four plays, but first of these first five plays, one of them is a completion for 20 yards, 10 yards, 13 yards, 20 yards. Four of five plays, Dak picks up at least 10 yards. He makes up over half the field in an instant. At this point, after Dak Prescott finds Amari for 20 yards, after this fifth completed play, there are three minutes approximately left in the game. After that, Zeke Elliott, after the ball's on the Minnesota 31-yard line. That's important here because Dak finds Amari Cooper for a 20-yard gain while they start on their own 49-yard line. They find Amari Cooper for 20 yards, and they are in Uh, Not not the red zone, but they're in Minnesota territory. They're on the Minnesota 31-yard line. And what does Jason Garrett's offense do? He runs the ball with Zeke Elliott up the middle, for four yards. Okay, crap. We got to figure this out. We only picked up four yards. What do we do? Time's ticking. It's second down, second and six, two minutes, four seconds left on the Minnesota 27-yard line. Dak finds Jason Witten, who we're going to get to in a little bit, by the way, for eight yards. Bleep! Two-minute warning. All right. First and 10, Minnesota 19-yard line, a minute and 57 seconds left. Dak finds Amari Cooper for eight yards. Not quite a first down, but you're very, very, very close. Second and two, a minute and a half to go on the Minnesota 11-yard line. Zeke Elliott runs up the middle for no gain okay keep this in mind it's now third and two and Zeke Elliott runs to the left side and loses three yards okay I want to repeat to you what Dak has done I know Donald repeating this episode I want to repeat to you what Dak has done in sequence to get to this point in this moment Dak's completed passes to this point completion of Randall Cobb for 20 yards Completion to Amari Cooper for 10 yards. Incomplete to Michael Gallup. So he's two of three. Completion to Michael Gallup for 13 yards. Three of four. Completion to Amari Cooper for 20 yards. Four of five. Completion to Jason Witten for eight yards. Five of six. Completion to Amari Cooper for eight yards. Six of seven. He is six of seven at this point in time on the Minnesota 11-yard line with a minute and a half left to go with the team down by four. And Jason Garrett decides to run it twice, and he loses three yards. That's how we can put the blame for Lewis Riddick's point on Jason Garrett. I'm not trying to grandstand. I'm not trying to say that this is an example that applies to every single time this situation has ever come up, um, you know, for the Cowboys and whatnot. But it is a very, very, very strong indication. It's very emblematic of what Dak Prescott and even Tony Romo before him had to deal with with Jason Garrett as his head coach. I've said before, Jason Garrett is a great guy. Wish him all the success with the New York Giants. However, this... um, yeah, this, this take, I don't even know if it's a take, but uh, this uh, the credit for, uh, for this issue falls on the shoulders of the head coach because when Dak Prescott was at his peak, when he was on fire, all right, in fuego, Jason Garrett said, let's run the ball. And then, after no gain, said, let's run the ball. Three carries for one net yard. Jason Garrett made happen on that drive. So uh, it is what it is. Respect Dak Prescott, respect the Cowboys. I'm excited to see what they do, obviously, this season, just like a lot of people are. Um, They've got a lot of potential. Bill Barnwell wrote about uh, potential Hall of Famers on every NFL team, and I believe there are five potential, if you're really having a discussion, Hall of Famers on the Dallas Cowboys offense, which means they should be uh, a lot of fun. So, you know, that that uh, that is what it is. But we have to talk about another definite future Hall of Famer. All right. And wow, this um, this was very interesting, to say the least. So uh, let's talk about Jason. Witt, let's talk about Randy Gregory. Let's do all of that. But before we do, let's take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. All right. Welcome back, amigos. Hope all is well wherever you are. Once again, the Big Brother premiere still was fantastic. And I can say that right now, recording this at 4.30 p.m. Central Time on Wednesday, having not even seen the episode. I just know that it was that good. Uh, but anyway, uh, so Jason wouldn't. Uh, was in the news this week. We talked about obviously his uh, his new look in his Las Vegas Raiders uniform, and uh, that was unsettling to say the least. But uh, Jason Wynn popped up in the news in the headlines, in uh, in the, the prints, um, as some say. Maybe some don't say that. Maybe I made that up. But uh, Jason Wynn's name did pop up on Wednesday by way of Cleveland.com. All right, let's set the stage here. Let's you got to rewind. All right, let's rewind. That was my rewind sound effect, all the way to 2016. Um, Dak and Zeke are rookies. Jason Wynn's still pretty functional, um, and everything's all right. And Martellus Bennett, then a member of the New England Patriots, or would be a member of the New England Patriots, I should say, uh, does an interview and talks about how during his time with the Dallas Cowboys – uh, Jason Wynn was not great to him from a mentor standpoint. Now, we've all had mentors. We've all likely been mentors. Um, you know, some people are better teachers than others. Teachers are supremely underrated in all walks of life and all uh, avenues. Teachers are the best. And um, Jason Wynn was apparently not a great teacher to Martellus Bennett. And so, Marty B, shout out Marty B TV, um, said that. He really couldn't stand Jason Witten, and things were a lot better for him when he moved on to other places throughout his career. Now, at that point in time, he'd obviously been to New York, been to Chicago, and then would end up with New England uh, and would actually play in and win the Super Bowl that year. That's right, Martellus Bennett won the Super Bowl in 2016 as a member of the New England Patriots. Now, who did the New England Patriots beat in Super Bowl 51, I ask you? That's right, the Atlanta Falcons, 28-3. to I know, my dad and I were at that game, still the greatest game I've ever seen in person for obvious reasons. Uh, those Atlanta Falcons, the 2016 Falcons, not only blew a 28-3 lead, but they had a fantastic rookie tight end named Austin Hooper. Now Austin Hooper these days no longer plays for the Atlanta Falcons. That's Hayden Hurst's job. Uh, Austin Hooper plays for the Cleveland Browns. Got some big time money because he's a big time tight end. And Austin Hooper, again, this is uh, via Cleveland.com, uh, talking over Zoom on Wednesday, was talking about David Njoku. Now this kind of ties back to the Cowboys because back in early July, it was actually Cleveland.com that reported, after it had previously been reported that David Njoku wanted to be traded away from the Browns, Cleveland.com reported that the Dallas Cowboys were among the teams interested in the former Miami Hurricane. And we all kind of talked about it, you know, said, nah, nah, Blake Jarwin and, you know, actually, let's let's just let's just leave it at Blake Jarwin because we didn't get to see Blake Jarwin last year because Jason Witten kind of inhibited all of that. Uh, and that brings us back to where we started. Austin Hooper doing his Zoom meeting, talking about David Njoku and the now harmony or harmonious attitude that exists among the Browns tight ends. He had this say he said i just kind of like to lead by example and if people have questions i will answer them i am an open book i don't try to hoard information i don't like doing the whole jason Witten deal where it is me versus everyone else in the tight end room whoa nelly uh what uh what what what's that now um according to austin hooper at least what austin hooper inferred um is that Jason Witten is uh, not a great teammate, and and you know what? That's okay. If you're a Jason Witten stan, it's okay that he's not a great teammate because you can you can honestly chalk that up to being competitive, right? Well, he's just competitive. He doesn't want to give anybody his secrets. He just wants to, he wants to win himself. He wants to do it, and that's fine. Some people can accept that. Some people can't. Some people don't want to. Some people feel like they shouldn't have to. Uh, but. This is really interesting that this popped up so randomly, um, especially with Jason Witten out in Vegas now. And, I, at first, thought this was random, and it it very well might be random. It's possible that, you know, Austin Hooper just said this for no reason. It's also possible that Austin Hooper remembers what Martellus Bennett previously said, and is just kind of going off of that. Or, this is, I just want to stress again, one possibility. This is one hypothetical. There's no, you know, modicums of truth to this, necessarily. This is just, we're just pointing out facts here, all right? Austin Hooper played college football at Stanford. The Dallas Cowboys have on their roster right now a tight end that played college football at Stanford with Austin Hooper. That's right. Dalton Schultz and Austin Hooper were on the same Stanford team in 2015. So it is possible that Austin Hooper, who played last year with Jason Witten, the year we said that Witten inhibited Jace, uh, Blake Jarwin. Excuse me. It's possible that you know that. That words and thoughts and conversations were had and exchanged and who knows but um, obviously we don't know, only Austin Hooper knows. Either way, a very very interesting comment to say the least. The last big thing um, that we have to talk about today uh, on Thursday, the third day Randy Gregory has not played football uh, for the Dallas Cowboys since Jason Witten was not on the team <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of uh, symbiotic nature happening today here apparently. Randy Gregory's last game with the Cowboys was in fact over not necessarily at Stanford at Palo Alto or anything, but it was in Los Angeles at the Coliseum when the Cowboys took on the Rams in the 2018 division Round Game. Shout out to fellow Las Vegas Raider Jeff Heath for the not-stop that he made at the end of the game. Anyway, Randy Gregory uh, missed all of the 2019 season with the Cowboys. We know he's been suspended. We know he's been uh, trying to make his way back into the NFL. We also know that the Cowboys have another pass rusher in Alden Smith, who uh, who successfully uh, applied for reinstatement of the NFL. is now reinstated and is now part of the cowboys as they begin their preparations throughout training camp for the 2020 season what's going on with randy gregory what's taking so long did he apply for reinstatement what happened i don't know i'm tired of not knowing i need some answers i need some clarity well randy gregory took to the old twitter.com on wednesday and uh, he released a statement. It was your classic uh, Notes app screenshot. Here is what Randy Gregory had to say. By the way, all of these things that we're talking about, we wrote about it. Blogandtheboys.com. If you want to check that out for the latest and greatest coverage in the world of America's Team, I will also advise you or suggest to you that you subscribe to the Blog and the Boys podcast feed. You get two episodes every single day talking all things Cowboys. And uh, later today, you get a brand new episode of Broadcasting the Boys with Ari Temkin and Roy White. You get two episodes every single day. We We roll on all the time. So you have Cowboys coverage coming to your podcast feed all the time. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Those things are very helpful. While you're at it, subscribe to the official Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Just search Blog and the Boys. Hit that subscribe button. We have some fun YouTube plans in store for you this season. But getting to what Randy Gregory said. I really miss playing football and being a player in the NFL. I'm doing everything that is asked of me and I'm in great shape physically, mentally, and emotionally, but I'm being held back from furthering my career because of COVID and testing. I've been ready to play and test for months, but still have gotten little to no help to resolve my reinstatement. I'm asking more questions than I'm getting answered. It's amazing that the powers that be can keep passing the buck and also use this pandemic as a way to prevent me from joining my team telling me to just sit and wait in limbo over things I can't control, all the while doing everything right off the field is unfair and flat-out wrong. So, Randy Gregory, um, his side of things is that um, the NFL seemingly is using the pandemic as a ways of delaying action here uh he does say that you know he's doing everything right off the field um he says he's in great shape physically mentally and emotionally and you know it, it is it is a, a question it is a wonder it, it's hard to answer there and i mean i'm with randy i have more questions than answers for what it's worth uh calvin watkins from the dallas morning news tweeted out as i'm recording this a cowboy source on randy gregory's statement he has to play by the NFL requirements and stay patient he'll be fine. On Twitter at Calvin Watkins. Um, I I don't know. It, it is puzzling, uh, especially given that Alden Smith seemingly had, I don't want to say no issues, but certainly less issues than Randy Gregory as far as the paperwork and logistical part of this process is concerned. Um, Randy Gregory, unfortunately, it does seem like he really, all he can do is just sit and wait. That's a really unfortunate and unsettling feeling but right now I don't see an option I'm not a lawyer or an attorney or a doctor or a scientist or, you know scuba diver for that matter but um, it, it would understandably be very frustrating if you were asking questions trying to figure things out trying to get that ball across the proverbial goal line and that feeling of not getting helped is a very very frustrating one so we're certainly uh, pulling for Randy hoping the best for Randy and uh, we'll see what uh, what's uh, you know what this story has in store for us. We'll see what all stories have in store for us, by the way. Make sure to stay tuned again right here to the Blog and the Boys podcast feed. Ari and Roy coming your way later on today. Head on over to blogontheboys.com for the latest and greatest in the world of America's team. You can follow me, I'm R.J. Ochoa, on Twitter and Instagram at R.J. Ochoa. Very simple, RJ O C H O A. You can also email me, rj.ochoa at espionation.com. You can also do me a favor, my friend. You can have the absolute best Thursday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.